0: Good afternoon. It's Dr. James here with the Dr. James Show. Again, Dr. James Smith Jr. And welcome, welcome to our show this afternoon. It's great to be back. We're back from Vegas. As you know, last week we were there for the National Speakers Association Influence Conference and my first time in person in over 16, 17 months, but it was was a wonderful time. And I believe we have a wonderful show as well today great to see you thank you for for coming. I encourage you during the course during the course of our, our show today to put your questions and comments in the chat room area. We want to hear from you. We have a, a phenomenal guest with a phenomenal topic. It's all about feedback but before we dive in to our our show it's time for a little bit of alumni love. Hi, it's Dr. James back with another edition of Alumni Love and boy do we have some love to give you today in the way of Tavia Sharp, image, brand, consultant extraordinaire. Tavia, what's happening?
1: (laughs) I'm excited to be here. So much is happening. People are ready to get out. They're ready to freshen up their look. They want to feel good. And so I've been working with a lot of my clients in person again. And we've been doing shopping, VIP days, photo shoots. And now I have a whole team uh, that I help support clients to lose the COVID-19, refresh their wardrobe, and then rebrand their whole image with new photography. People want to refresh in their look from really top to toe.
0: Fabio, why is now more important than ever before?
1: People want to feel good again. And when you freshen up your wardrobe and you freshen up your image, that is the fastest way to feel good. It impacts your mood and your mindset. When you look good, you feel good, and that's what radiates out into the world. And so people are ready to step out looking and feeling good again.
0: And you're adding the VIP experience to your extraordinary service that you've always provided.
1: Yes, they get to work with me in person again. I was doing virtual this whole time. But people, they're ready to meet in person. They want to connect, they want an experiences again. So we get to work together in New York City and it's been fun. I'm enjoying it, they're enjoying it.
0: I know firsthand it's fun. You've helped me tremendously (laughs) and I know you could help the others. So alumni love, Tavia, thank you, take care and continue to help people to style sharp.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Take care. Yes that was that was Tavia Sharp styled sharp please reach out to her if you're interested in brand image consulting dress apparel and so forth but right now we're going to talk all things feedback it's so critical today actually it's been critical forever and we still many of us don't get it right today we have the managing director of learning bridge as well as the managing director for the Park li group. And his name is Glade Holman. Uh, Mr. Holman, welcome to the Dr. James show. Glad to have you, glad to have you.
2: Likewise, I'm excited to join. I always love your passion and the commitment (laughs) you have to lifting people, um, helping them get to where they want to go. I'm completely aligned with you on that one. So I'm very excited to join your show.
0: All right, great to have you. And actually, you had me on your podcast. We did. Uh, Simply feedback, correct? And we yes. we uh it was a good time. The questions were powerful. The, the the question I got a chance to, I guess, pull out the the true authentic me and let's let's how do I give feedback and how do I help people grow? So thank you for that opportunity.
2: Yeah, our pleasure. You know, I, I we're, we are definitely about growing. I, I don't know if you realize that um, Troy, who, is, who does the podcast, you know, he's actually our chief data architecture, the programmer. Um, and it's like, you know, hey, uh, he said that there was an idea that came up generically. He said, I'd like to do this. I'd like to push into this area, bring these stuffs out. And we're always about supporting growth and improvement. And he does a fabulous job. Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful.
0: Well, it was one of my highlights for the year. and Thank you for that. But my first question for you, mm-hmm. A lot of little kids when they're young, they're playing with toys, they're jumping rope, hiding go seek, playing sports. Were you studying books on feedback? When did this love affair, a love affair with feedback develop for you?
2: It certainly wasn't when I was young, but there's <laughs> one thing I was afraid of when I was a kid, it was it was feedback to, to a degree. I'll tell you, that's something I kind of avoided, you know um i didn't want to be measured uh to a degree really? but i definitely had a lot of time playing um i grew up in a small town pleasant grove uh was the name sounds is kind of is what kind of is exactly what it sounds like sure um at a small place there but lots of playing not a lot of feedback um in fact i probably uh personally um i i probably avoided um situations where i believed i was going to be evaluated and sometimes feedback always feels like it's an evaluation but I didn't want to be evaluated, so I, I would hung, hang back. You know, Ooh, should I try out for the basketball team? Well, I might not make it. They're going to tell me I'm good or not good. You know, so that kind of stuff I'd hold back.
0: What What, what was the turning point, though, when you started this journey to growth through feedback? Because, as you say on the website, it says: grow professionally, become a better you, receive feedback graciously, and act on it visibly. The, the, what was the turning point to get you there?
2: I think for me personally, the motivation that got me beyond the idea of feedback was that I had, I had a reason that I wanted the feedback um, and that I cared about. And, and that was I cared about something in the future, either getting better. But for me personally, it was like I wanted to be able to help people around me. And if I wanted to do that better, I needed to learn about that myself. And so if I could take the feedback in the context of wanting to become something, then the feedback didn't hurt me. Um, It didn't push me down. It like helped me toward an objective. And I had this kind of natural push to always want to try and make the situation better for other folks. Um, And so I would lean into trying to help others. And in that context, I would then receive feedback when I'd find out I wasn't helpful. Um, and I, but it was the motivation to do something other than, oh, I just wanna learn something about myself. It's, I wanted to achieve something.
0: Like, like, what's your definition of feedback? We all have our thoughts and views on what feedback truly is. And people have said, it's the breakfast of champions, is a yeah. gift? And if it's a gift or the breakfast of champions, why do we avoid it? So it's a combination of two questions. What is your definition of feedback and if it's supposed to be so helpful, why do we avoid it and why do people struggle providing it?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really great question. I mean, first of all, feedback is just, if you think about it in the most basic of terms, it's like you put something out there and there's a reaction from something out there that comes back to you. Um, and sometimes that feedback is I push against my hand and I feel this hand push against it. That's a feedback moment, right? There's a mm-hmm. reaction from the external to, to you. Um, when we're talking about it within the professional context, we don't often, you know, when I do this, I feel the feedback from, I feel the pressure, the feedback in the professional context. Sometimes, you know, you, you miss it. It goes right through because it has to be shared by somebody. You you may gather stuff from the outside from body language, but you miss it because it doesn't, it doesn't have to come. So first off, it's just understanding what's the reaction to the external environment that I have, you know, that impact versus the intent that you'll hear a lot about. But I think it comes down to after that, okay, well, why then don't I get the feedback I need in a professional setting when I can get it in a physical setting because I hit the wall. Oh, I know the wall gave me some feedback. It says, you're not going through here. Um, Why don't I get that in the professional setting? I think largely it's because most feedback givers um, have found it kind of stressful to give feedback to somebody when it's not received in the way that they're hoping it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I, I, that. That experience makes me uncomfortable, so I'm going to avoid it and either give you kind of nice, fluffy feedback or say, oh, yeah, I, I just, you're doing fine, rather than giving you something that might make all the difference in the world for you, you know, that might stop you from going off that cliff or might put you on a slightly different thing that will help you get to where you are. So when I said, for me, what, what got me over the, the hump of giving people feedback that was constructive or what I'll call generative, was my desire to allow my experience set to be useful to them. Um, we all learn from our experiences. Sometimes we're lucky enough to learn from other people's experiences, um, and feedback can be a way that I can do that with somebody else. And um, they don't have to have the same experience I did to make that cross that 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 bound that learning.
0: Good, that's good. I recently came across a, a a Gallup poll during some research, and it was it was twenty twenty research, and it said of the respondents that were interviewed only 26 percent of them said feedback has helped their career yeah yeah
2: and Why, why so low you know partly because sometimes they didn't get the feedback they wanted here's the thing that i gotta remind myself of every time when i start with somebody i'll say you know what it's part of the natural kind of human condition everybody wants to grow and improve it's it's absolutely core to who we are as human beings right just as that fight fight response, like when I get angry, that, that's part of being human. Wanting to grow and improve is too. I mean, so that's why you pick up books, that's why you learn, that's why you renovate your, your, you know, your house. And if you can't do it on the job, you find a way to do it outside of the job. So if you know everybody wants to learn and grow, you gotta get feedback to do it, right? Because you can't see your yourself through your own eyes. You can only see it through the eyes of others. And if you don't get access to it, you can't grow and improve. So when you, someone says, hey, only 20% said feedback helped. It's because they, one, either they didn't get the right feedback or two, the giver gave it in a way that made it that it couldn't be received. Um, So, you know, for me, that's why I kind of passionately focus on, can I help this person that I'm sitting here learn how to receive feedback well, because I can't control who gives you feedback. I can't control the skill they have and I can't even control their motives but I can control or influence how you receive it and then turn it to your benefit.
0: What's the the best approach, Glade? Should I ask you, can I give you feedback or should I just move in? Let's talk. I want to offer feedback. So isn't it ask or more declarative. I'm going to, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, there, there are those um, formal settings, right? Where you have an accountability to give someone feedback. Um, and, and, and so for me, or there's time I want to be helpful, I, I keep in mind, and we'll talk about this in some of the work that we do, the frame from which the feedback comes. Is the frame coming from measure and assess? Um, is that the language, you know, are you measuring up or you're not measuring, or is the frame coming from grow and improve? Um, so I first, if you say, hey, how can I help someone? I first want to make sure that I'm going to come from, you know, grow and improve not from measure and assess unfortunately most of the feedback training we've been given is measure and assess kind of framing rather than grow and improve so if i'm going to give somebody feedback i want to know something about where they want to go first Um, and if i know where they want to go then i can say hey here's something that might be helpful Um, here's a piece of advice that might be useful i know you're trying to get better at x or couch it in terms of where they want to go Mm. and then the feedback is going to be much more Received. I think you mentioned when I listened to your podcast, you talked about feedback. I, I loved that You said, you know, praise, polish and possibilities. Yes. And possibilities was about what you could be out there, you know, and, and in a sense, it's that focus on the future that turns feedback from an attack to something that is a stepping stone. Um, and if you could just keep that focus. So if you're in the conversation with them and it's talk about next time, you know, don't talk about last time, talk about next time. And that helps people be in a frame that's grown and improved, which avoids that measure and assess, you know, and measure and assess is only about, I'm going to lose something. Yeah. And then, and then the fight and flight kind of comes in and the blood drains from your prefrontal cortex to your lungs and your arms. And you can't even think about it because you just don't have the oxygen in the prefrontal cortex to do it.
0: Sure. sure. Now you know, I, I was doing my research. I was messing around on your website Yeah. and several videos were there. One, I believe it was your model one, where you begin to talk about uh, feedback and, and the receptivity and how it should be lined. the mindset. I want to show that right now, just you know, 30, 40 seconds of it. I be, you you outline it perfectly, and I want you to continue to take on from where we stop. Let's take a look.
2: That first move is make it about growth. But just as with anything, what does make it about growth really mean and specifically What does growth look like? For most of us, we look around and we see successful individuals, maybe the first persons in the C-suite or the person in the cubicle next to us, and we look at their career and we just see success after success after success, and we think that growth looks like this smooth curve that goes right on up, that happens to kind of blessed people, that maybe we're not part of them. Actually, that's a myth. What feedback really looks like is a little more jagged. It's a period of growth followed by a setback, followed by a step up. There's a setback and a step up, a setback and a step up, a continual process of learning and growing. It's not a smooth curve. It's jagged. That's what growth looks like. So when we talk about the first move being make it about growth, get ready for a little bit of a bumpy ride and expect it to be that way.
0: Mm, Powerful, powerful. Do continue. That was good stuff
2: yeah i'm glad you showed that one i i do think even the imagery of that right i mean if you've got that smooth curve it's pretty easy to slide back down but if you've got that jagged one it's like stairs that you can just kind of go up and you don't slide back but so often i think early in someone's career they try and hide their mistakes right Um, they try and and push them away and and project that i'm just doing this smooth thing i want to tell you that even projecting that hurts you um, you want to project the pattern of that you know, stumble and recovery, stumble and recovery. I share a story when I worked with several years ago, two, two research scientists, large pharmaceutical company, um, and um, they were both up for head of R&D, which is billions of dollars under their control, right? The pinnacle, if you're a research scientist, the future of the company in their hands. And, and one of them had that curve that was smooth. Everything he touched turned to gold. The other one had that stumble recovery pattern. And you look to the board and say, well, who are they going to go with? Come on, oh, the guy that hit a home run every time he got up to plate. why not go sure. with him? Of course, no, they didn't. They, they went with the person that had the pattern of learn and grow because they knew if you want, if you want a promotion, if you want a new opportunity, you need to let people know you know how to learn and grow because they're not gonna give you something new unless you demonstrate that. So I think, oh, you've missed the opportunity when you've made a mistake or when you've received a piece of feedback, if you don't act on it visibly, you know, I use that phrase, receive it, graciously act visibly. I want you to act visibly. So you build that track record. So people say, Hey, Dr. James, you know how to learn and grow. I can give you a new experience. I can promote you. I can give you something new. So definitely don't, don't think that I got to kind of have that smooth path, expect growth, make it visible to others. Um, and, then you'll start to find that oh wow I, I can get a purchase on that you know I'm climbing the wall that mistake is a new handhold I can go to the next layer.
0: Good, that's good. Thank you. We have a couple questions in the chat room. The first one is, do you have an approach or steps on how to give feedback? So your approach, your step. Step one is this. Step two is this. Do you have an approach, which is a, a philosophy? or a playbook or steps on how to sure. give people feedback.
2: Sure, I'm gonna come at it a little differently than, than what the traditional approach would be, right? There, there's really a lot of very good technical training on when you give feedback, use this language, when you give feedback, do this, and it's a it's an A, B, C, and D. I, I wanna back up from that to the, the mindset. You'll see I go back to the mindset a lot because I think if I can get the mindset right, your language will naturally follow what some of those tips are. Um, So so the first tip when you're giving feedback, I've already kind of alluded to it, is that you are there for that person's success. Um, And that's the first thing you communicate um, is I'm here to help you. Um, When when you receive feedback, the individual has a varying degree of capacity to receive it. um, And you need to be able to know what's their capacity to receive. And that changes over time. Because if you give more than they can receive, you're going to create distress. Um, And so you got to. So I kind of first talk about make an assessment. You know, is the person in a low confidence, emerging confidence, or something I'll call open confidence? And if the person I'm giving feedback is in low confidence, I'm going to tailor my my message in one way. If they're in emerging confidence, I'm going to do it another. If they're in open confidence, which is hey, I need feedback to help me, but I know I'm going to be successful. I'm confident I can figure this out. Um, but I need feedback to, to, to fill out my view, that's there. Now There's also overconfidence that sneaks in there. Um, and that's another way to give feedback. So the first thing, I'm there for the benefit of the person sitting across the table from me, um, not for me. Sometimes people give feedback because they're frustrated and they wanna get it off their chest. Um, I'm here,
0: <laughs> Yes.
2: I'm on your side. That's the first thing. I'm here for your growth and development. Um, the second one is then to, in that context, start to know know where they are and then say, do I need to offer encouragement, figure out if that's the need. And I would not say, many people go to the the feedback sandwich model. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Oh,
0: yes. That was back in the 70s,
2: 80s. (laughs) Warm warm, fuzzy,
0: punch in the gut, warm fuzzy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And the unfortunate problem with that, and there's a lot of other names for that one too, by the way. The problem is, is we're like Pavlov's dog and we know that. So as soon as you hear that positive piece of feedback, you know what's coming next. It's coming. So you just get like you're, you're like it just it raises the anxiety, um, and so then it misses it. So sometimes I would say, hey, look, depending if they're low confidence, particularly, separate your messages. Initially, do some right spotting, you know, um, give them feedback that says this is awesome, what's going on there, and don't follow it with a but, um, because they're not ready for the but. You know, just let them get experience in receiving feedback. That's, hey, you do this great. This is awesome. I love the way that happens. Do you see the impact that has on others? I just wanted to say, great job. Now they're getting used to receiving that feedback because I did the right spotting. Um, after I mean, that. I'm glad
0: that you, I'm glad you said don't bring in the butt because we yeah. believe that all butts stink, all right? Oh, and they, they do, man. They don't they want do. the butt to stink of the feedback.
2: It it, it just is. It's, 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 it's And everyone's looking for it. You know, so when I, when I need to go to that, then rather than going right to let me, let me tell you, I'm not gonna tell you, I'm gonna ask you. Um, and what I'm gonna do is like kind of hold up a mirror and if there's feedback I need to give you, about something, I'm gonna say, how do you think it's going here? How do you think it's going there? Well, what about this over there? I'm gonna point their attention to places and hear what they say back to me, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna offer to them some guidance that might be helpful Given what they've just shared. Um, And if they're not looking at something I think they need to look to, you know, I hold the mirror up and I say, How about this spot over there? Let's talk about that one. Wow, that's good. What do you think? That's good. What do you think about that angle? So it doesn't feel like that traditional one. So I start with I'm here to help you. I consider their capacity to receive. I don't mix, you know, depending on the individual, my right spotting with my advice giving. Um, And then I go to not asking, or sorry, not telling, but asking. Um, and asking them to tell me more.
0: Late, I, I wish you would have talked to my manager back in the 80s. <laughs> the The feedback she gave me, I've never forgotten it. And it's also helped me in my career, but the way she shared it, essentially she served it up on a trash can lid. Yeah. She, she mentioned that we had just left a meeting with senior leaders, and I had presented. When we got back to her office, I asked her how did I do, and she said it hurt. I'm like, what do you mean it hurt?
1: Hmm.
0: It it hurt throughout every every time. So, what are you talking about? You asked a lot of questions. Excuse me. No, you axe a lot of questions. You didn't ask. It was almost as if you had a hatchet and you were chopping people up, asking questions. Now, at that point, I didn't realize that I pronounced the word ask as ax. Yeah. And as a 25 year old up and comer, I wasn't listening to that. I was attempting to get the information out. But again, that's 30 some odd years ago. And I, to this day, pronounce the word ask very slowly but the way she served it up very egregiously. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, one, excellent recovery on your part. You figured out how to overcome that initial response, which was biological to a fight flight because that's what she triggered in you.
0: Um,
2: you didn't, you, you, you had to buy yourself some time for the message to sink in. Luckily you did. Um, now, some folks will just disregard the person, disregard the message and move on, right? From that one. So I think, you know, the first thing is kudos for you for figuring out how to draw a good message from a, from a badly de- delivered piece of feedback that ultimately did help you. Um, but not everyone is as skilled at recovering as you are.
0: Well, it didn't happen right away. I, I, I was always... on fire 911.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that for sure. But so, so, so for me, that's again, I probably, even though I think she might have intended to offer you something that was helpful, um, it came from a, what felt like a hurtful place and an attack. That's what it felt um, like. And if feedback is ever being positioned as an attack, the response you're going to get is not one of reflect and learn. It's going to get one of fight and flight. Mm. Um, so it's like, ooh, you know what? That's coming from from an attack mode. Maybe she does it for like, I'm going to slap you up and get you get your get your attention. Problem is, she doesn't get the attention of your prefrontal cortex. You know where your higher functions are. She gets the attention of your amygdala, which is where your fight response is. Um, so. I'm, I'm glad you were able to recover. Um, but that's why for me, right? When, when I'd say I say can't, I can't control who gives you feedback, but I can help you figure out how to take even feedback that's poorly delivered, maybe even feedback that is malicious, that comes from a position of no good and turn it to your benefit rather than seeing it as a weapon that's been weaponized against you. I believe you can take any feedback, um, even ill-intended feedback, um, poorly delivered feedback and turn it to your benefit.
0: That ties in nicely to the question that's in the chat room. It says, What do you do when a person pushes back or doesn't embrace the feedback? Because you know, we have people who get defensive. We listen defensively. Uh, as you're sharing the feedback, we're looking at what's wrong with you. Right. You have broccoli in your teeth. You know, I saw you mess up. What? Tips, suggestions, thoughts do you have about, again, what do you do when a person pushes back or doesn't embrace the feedback?
2: Yeah. You know, I I had an individual who I was working with. She had to sit down with a senior executive and give them feedback from their 360 survey, you know, where you get everyone Mm -hmm. to fill it out on you and a lot of questions on a scale of one to five. And this individual, although a high potential, was getting a lot of ratings of two from their manager. And she calls me up. She goes, Glade, when I sit down with this executive, She's going to go crazy when she sees that her boss has been rating her a two. I mean, she's going to push back so hard against that. What do I do? What do I do? And so that response of what do you do when someone's going to push back? My thing is to go back and say, look, um, we talk about kind of what we call jujitsu moves because it's learn how to take the energy that's Mm. coming to you and and, and adjust it to put you on top. And, And one of them is to first normalize the data. So if Dr. James, I just gave you some feedback and I'm experiencing pushback. You know, from one, I'm going to know that you're not responding from the best part of your brain because you're going to defense rather than what can I do in the future and learn. So I go to something like, okay, I got to normalize it. And so what do I mean by that? Hey, look, this feedback you're getting—it's it, not a big deal. It's—it's it's, there's a thousand people just like you that receive the same feedback. It's just part of transition. It's part of growth. It's part of where you go. So even though it feels like it might be a big deal for you, it's not. It's just—it's natural. Receiving feedback that is challenging is natural everyone goes through it so i try and downplay the stress of it and say hey it's normal um the other thing i also know they're probably taking it personal which is like i think what happened to you right when she gave you that feedback it was like a personal attack on who you are and so it's like well okay r- don't remember um they're not asking you to change who who you are it might feel that way that's what they're feeling all you're doing is saying can i i want to change what you see which is change what you do. And, and I can change what I can do. I can't change what I can, who I am. Certainly not based on a piece of feedback that doesn't take into context the, the, the complexity and nuances of my entire human self, you know, yeah. but I can adjust what I do. So if someone pushes back, I take it as a signal that, oh no, I've triggered them into a, into a measure and assess fight flight. Let me lower the temperature and say, hey, this is natural. And it's even natural to be frustrated about it. I go through it, you go through it. It's part of the transition that every executive, every person you see that's up here that you wanna be, they've gone through something just like that. And so can you. So I try and bring the temperature down, but recognize once the trigger has happened and they're so much pushing back, you're gonna to have to buy yourself time. Um, don't try and push it uh, because biology is, you know. Fight flight response says, get body to run, blood drains from here. And if you keep going at them when there's no blood there, this is where your core person is. This is where your Ooh. person this is your better self. You're not going to get their best reaction. So you can say, hey, let's, you know, one, sorry, I, I think I pushed something here. Let's kind of bring it down a second. Maybe take 20 minutes and come on back. Um, or let's pick this up again tomorrow. And you know, it's 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 where I said I want it. this is an important conversation, but you may have to give them time. Which
0: What you're doing also is you're providing them with an invitation to re-engage. Yeah. Not just walking away or, or that silent treatment that we sometimes hear. Wait, The example I shared with you had a lot of diversity implications to it because the person who gave me that feedback was a, a white female. Mm. And I don't know if I would have reacted the same way if a person of color gave me that feedback, I don't know. Right? What are some of the cultural implications involved with giving and receiving feedback?
2: You know, feedback never lives alone, right? It, it's it's always in a family of context that's around it. And I think when you're talking about folks that are coming from different backgrounds um, or different perspectives, it can. It can, be a, it can be fraught with the opportunity for misunderstanding because we don't share a similar set, right? We don't share a similar set of experiences. I, I did work with a couple universities as they were looking at, hey, the question was, why aren't there more black CEOs at Fortune 500 companies? What's going on? Is it that they, they aren't capable or is it that there is a, a ceiling that's stopping them from doing it? Or what is that's getting in the way of, of that process? And they invited me to be part of that conversation, which I was fascinated with, right? Because I am like, okay, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite blonde, but I'm pretty, pretty fair. <laughs> and I, I don't have that experience in set, And so it was illuminating to me. But one of the things they, they highlighted was what really happens is, well, we like and understand people that come from a similar background from us. We can sure, translate sure. their story into our language because our context is what gives meaning to the environment. And if you and I have a similar context, then it's easier for me to make an assessment about what you just said. It's easier for me because we speak the same language. And when we're coming from diverse backgrounds, we have to recognize that I don't share the same experience set. So when I plop something into that experience, set, it's gonna get interpreted differently than when it goes into one that's just like the one I'm familiar with. That's why we hire people like us because it's easier to do. I know how to assess them. Right? I've got the same tools and language. I, when I don't, when I hire someone that's different for me, it's hard because I have to adopt another perspective.
0: And as, as a result, the person who is not receiving that feedback, in this instance, say the, the person from the underrepresented group. Yeah. I, I know for me, a lot in corporate, I felt like every day I was walking into a headwind yeah. where I keep getting feedback, keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. But what I was doing wasn't creating the immediate results that I want. And I had no idea why. Headwind, where I felt like some of my colleagues, every day for them was a tailwind, hmm. where they always had the answer. They knew the approach. They,
2: how'd you find that out? Yeah, you know, I think this is what um, you had coming from, you're saying an underrepresented uh, group. Uh, that shares a context that's different maybe than the dominant group, right? It's here. You figured out how to translate sometimes what's coming from their world into yours. Oftentimes it's the minority smaller group set that does the translation. What I wish I could see is that there was more in that position up here where the common dominant perspective works to translate that context into theirs that they they pull, rather than leaving it to you to figure out how to translate this you know that, that they've done some work themselves. And and that's where I'm looking for more overlap, more conversation, more shared context. Because if I can, the shared context is where the feedback is gonna have the greatest impact. Ooh. That means you gotta work. And you know, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, that's why leaders today, they'll talk a lot about needing to have empathy um, for the folks that are there. And, and sometimes I think there is a certain portion of the population that empathies are gonna say, eh, you know, that's, that's touchy-feely. So I'll sometimes will say, no, 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 let's talk about the skill of perspective taking. Um, and I'll say, let's do perspective taking before you jump in. Um, so if I'm talking like, okay, well, let me try and adopt your perspective. I'm not gonna do it perfectly, but let me adopt your perspective. Let me engage in perspective taking in as many different ways as I can. And sometimes that was a way for me to overcome the hurdle of someone who says, I'm not a soft leader. Empathy sounds like something that weak people do. No, I just want you to do perspective taking. And when you can do that, then I can give you feedback that works. A um, good
0: book that helped me with that approach is Andy Andrews' book called The Noticer. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's huge on perspective taking and it's helped me out tremendously. I would recommend that to others.
2: Yeah, but I, I do think, I think your issue on the other thing I think, and you've already recognized this, um, when when you are receiving feedback, basically someone's giving you a narrative. Um, and, and they're basically, because human beings, we create stories. It's how we, it's how we live. And so I'll take a few disparate data points and then I'll connect them with a story. Um, and then that story becomes fact to me. Um, and there are, and unfortunately, this is where the problem happens, right? There are about you about me and ex- my colleagues that sit around me, there are false narratives There are distorted narratives. There are incomplete narratives. They exist because we all create stories. If you recognize that it's a narrative that's being shared, um, that makes it a little less personal. Um, And you just recognize they're creating that. So I'm not saying forgive that poor guy for stereotyping you. Um, I'm just saying recognize that he's created a narrative off two data points. And then you can say, well, okay, great. I I understand that narrative. I'd like to rewrite it. how do i rewrite it what's the pencil that i can use to rewrite the narrative that may be false or distorted or incomplete
0: i'm glad, um, glad you're sharing this because one of my next questions was going to be what happens when you don't share the narrative that the other person has where your perspectives are are, are not the same
2: you know that well first of all no one's narrative of you is ever ever going to be near complete um because particularly if it's based on what they observe between nine to five, because you're just far more than anything, you know, someone sees between those hours. So that there's always gonna be, their narrative is never gonna line up with yours. The reason why I'll say, look, feedback can help you, even when it's wrong, because it reveals their narrative. It's a window into their head, right? They're sharing with you their beliefs and their values and their perceptions. Now I can sit there and say, this is not about me, it's really about them. They're showing me, you know, in the giving of the feedback who they are. Then I can use that knowledge of who they are to address it, and I can start to say, I don't like that narrative that that individual has about me. I I wish the narrative were this. I wish I showed up this way. And then you know, well, how do you you know write that narrative? If I can keep it in the context of narrative, then I can just that person. I can say, well, look, what would they have to see? Um, to, to make a new entry in their narrative. You know, well, okay, well, who's somebody does Well, they would have to see that. Well, okay, let's make sure they see that. You know, I go back to that phrase you started with, accept feedback graciously, because it gives me a window into their head of who they are, act on it visibly so that I can rewrite the narrative in the way that I'd like it to be written to, to my end, to my benefit. Sometimes always feedback feels like it's for somebody else's good, not mine, but this is you taking control of it
0: good again if you have any questions or feedback or a thought put it in the chat room we have glade here for the time that we have them and he has a lot of experience and knowledge relative to feedback glade considering your organization what you guys do nationally globally there's a lot of organizations that specialize in communication skills and feedback and the like what makes what you guys do different? What's your special sauce? What makes you stand out? What makes your approach, I wanna say better or different? <laughs> I'll go with
2: that. how about
0: that? Um, no,
2: what many, you know, it's like different settings, right? I'd say number one, um, we're not starting from the traditional perspective which is let me train you as a leader how to give better feedback. Um, we're starting from the position of let me train you as the receiver how to get feedback that will help you get to where you want to go. You've got an aspiration. Let's make feedback work for you rather than a leader doing their responsibility um, kind of a thing. So we start with that that notion. And that helps um, both in the giving and the receiving. But that's the position we start from. Um, and, and then I don't, like I said, in the end, what I care is that somebody finds something that could represent a point of inflection for them. Um, uh, and, and, it, and it's a small one. Yeah, so we're not in the business of extreme makeovers. Um, we think extreme makeovers might make for okay reality TV, debatable, but it may. It doesn't make for good careers. Um, it, it, what makes good careers is small tweaks here along the way. Um, so I think we're really focused on the output of helping you achieve what you want with the feedback you have access to. Um, so that's more of a philosophy, but I don't sure. know if that's the philosophy that's adopted by others. And that informs it, everything
0: that we do. I think it's the more the latter, the assess, the correct, to fix, to put you on a time frame to do it. I, I don't feel the affinity we're in this together. It's you've done something wrong or you're not doing it effectively. Here's the development plan. Here's the feedback that will help you on your for your development plan.
2: Because I need you to do this so I can do my job, right? Now, that feedback already is coming from the wrong spot. You can take the exact same feedback and bring it from, I'm here for your success. You know, because if you're successful, the organization is, you know, but, but I'm here for your success. Let's talk about this. So Ooh. it can still be the same message that I need to deliver from a measure and frame that if I t- couch it and grow and improve in the future, I'm far more likely to get the change for it. So we traditionally do um, probably the bread and butter, our 360 leadership development surveys. Um, and so one of, that's a big chunk of our business. And, and we're always focusing on how do we help you, the individual take that and use it to your benefit, receive it, hack with it, um, manipulate it, grapple with it and turn it to your, to your advantage. Um, and, and that passion, I don't know, it, it certainly is, comes through for me because I told you the one thing that gets me to do stuff that's, that's new and, and scary to me is if I think it'll make a difference for somebody else. Then I, keep, I forget. I keep
0: hearing the give, the give approach, the give mindset. Absolutely. Wade, I'm going to ask you a question and, and it's going to have some blanks in it. I want you to complete, fill in the blanks. Sure. If it weren't for blank, if it were not for blank, I wouldn't be here today. I hear in what I'm doing professionally, what I'm doing, you know, socially, what I'm doing on my my journey, my vision. If it were not for blank, I wouldn't be here today.
2: And that, that's a great question because there's obviously more than one answer, right? Um, but if I say I mentioned to you, I grew up in a small town, Pleasant Grove, um, working class background. My father's a steel worker, um, you know, we milked cows, sold raw milk. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know anyone doing anything close to what I'm doing today. Um, so I didn't have a mental model of what it looked like. Everyone I knew, you know, worked at the plant. And 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 that's my 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 exposure to that. And I thought, well, so how did I end up in a different area? And I'm not saying one's better than the other. How did I end up differently? And I think what was core to me was when a new opportunity presented it, I had at least the courage to to take the step forward to see what it was. I didn't have the insight myself to look out there and see what possibilities were and chart a course. Others have that. And I didn't. I wonder how my life might be different had I done that early on. or knew I could do that. Sure. If I said at that point, hey, I could be an engineer. I didn't. An engineer was the guy that was in the train on the caboose. You know, that's what an engineer was. And so I didn't have that, that star out there, but I did have this capacity that said, Hey, when there's a next one, I'm going to take the next step. Um, so if it's the willingness to take the next step, um, and to see where it leads you, that got me to where I am today. And it was a little bit of a securitist path. Right. But I took the next step. I didn't just stand as I went up, I got a new perspective. I might've done better, to have that perspective that's way out there, but I didn't. I'm just telling you me. But what saved me was I was always willing to take the next step.
0: Love it. Love it. Let's talk more about next steps. Actually, it's the next word. This is a uh, an activity that we do during our interviews, during the show, the Dr. James show, where I give you one word and you share the first word that comes to mind upon hearing that word. Sure. And then I give you another one and you give me another one we do a, a series of these i encourage people to talk to think rather than think to talk no editing just first word that comes out are you ready we call this the hot ready. seat Glade Holman, and you are on the hot seat first word courage strength vulnerability
2: um, strength feedback
0: help communication Love, leadership, follow, what the world needs now, (laughs) more Dr. James, (laughs) challenges,
2: opportunities,
0: motivation, desire, two words, next step,
2: future, future, Aspiration.
0: You are off the hot seat. Yes, yes, yes. With all the change we've endured over the last 17, 18 months, uh, many leaders leading virtually, team members at home, where the feedback mindset might be different because I'm not in the room with you. I don't see you all the time. I'm seeing you virtually virtually. And I'm seeing you very raw and authentically because I see what's behind you, if it's not a, a virtual screen. How, what's your thoughts about feedback in the future based on what we've endured and embraced the past 16, 17 months?
2: Well, I think you might need to, in in the past we might've um, spontaneously sought and, and and given feedback a little more in the natural course of our interactions. So you may need to be a little bit more intentional about it um, than what you were in the past, but and I and I don't and I think the other thing is to don't go in with assumptions um, uh, too much, right? So sometimes I think so, so even there's an opportunity to misperceive more in the virtual setting there is outside. So be open that you could be wrong um, in your perspective, and and so when it comes to feedback, be more humble about it. Um, but be more intentional about it too. I always give people the permission to reject my feedback. You know, um, I, I always say like, you know what? Um, I actually think I'm pretty good at it. I have a pretty good hit rate, hit rate even on a limited data set, but it's not hundred percent, you know? And so I expect you to, to, to work with it and, and you decide after you've chewed on it for a couple of days, if, if you'll swallow it or if you'll spit it out. Mm. Um, but I do think it's gonna be more intentional more listening than than speaking um, is is gonna to have to be what happens for us in this kind of go forward context where I think video, regardless if you know we start to travel again, we go back to the office, there's gonna be more of this. We all have experience with it now.
0: Also on your on your website, there there's I mean you have tons of videos, great stuff. We're still in move number one, but you're talking at a, at a deeper level. I think it's the mindset of the person uh, receiving the feedback or even giving the feedback. I'm going to show a little clip again and then have you take it on from there.
2: And that's a belief that everybody's skills and abilities can be improved. Carol Dwick out of Stanford very famously introduced the idea and the notion of growth mindset and popularized it. And it is the belief that you're not great because of what you were born with. You're great because of what you did with what you were born with. And everyone can grow and improve. So if you start from that belief set, you're likely to find yourself on grow and improve. But having that belief and then actualizing it in your actions can be two different things. If you are someone that actually looks at feedback and says, you know what, no news is good news, or you know, you're someone who says, play it safe, that's the best thing to do, you're probably, even though you may believe folks can grow and improve, you're probably living in measure and assess. If that feedback mid-year check-in and that year-end review, and that's like two times in the year, that's enough for you, and maybe one too many, then you're probably living in measure and assess. And feedback probably has a bitter taste, and there's a bit of fear of failure. If, on the other hand, you're in grow and improve, you can't get enough feedback. You've acquired a taste for it, and it goes down smooth, and you're energized to seek it out and to find more of it.
0: Good, good, good stuff. Want to continue the conversation? <laughs>
2: sure. I mean, for me, when I, the next thing I go into, like if, if, I do think that, you know, I, I've gone back to this measure and stuff, grow and improve a lot, and I, and I do say it's a basic one move. It's, it's kind of like in athletics, you know, there's that stance that you do. You, you take the right stance and sure. then everything kind of comes from that. And so that's why I start with this one. But I find that so often we choose which, which place we're going to live in, measure and assess or grow and improve. And, and sometimes if we're in measure and impress, we think there's like passport control, you know, that's going to keep us out of grow and improve. And I want to move as many people as I can into the grow and improve and then help them not slip back into measure and assess. And so like I was saying there, if you're thinking about proving yourself rather than improving yourself, you're measure and assess with the downsides that come to that. Improving yourself, that's what I'm about. If if the feedback is about improving rather than proving, if the feedback's about being better than someone else, that's over here. If it's about being better than before, that's over here. You know, so it's like, I got to keep Avoiding that. Oh, no, I'm going to slip back and compare myself to other. No, no, I just want you to to compare yourself before You know last time not next time be in that 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 side and so don't Don't think there's passport control. I don't invite you to be a tourist over here And then I want you to build a home there, but I recognize the first time you go There's gonna be a pull to slip back to what's familiar Um, And I just need you to keep crossing the border um, and if I'm
0: if I'm continuing to cross the border because I want to grow and improve, what are some thought steps, approaches for asking for that feedback from your manager, from your peers? Yeah. Give me some advice,
2: Glade. Yeah. So you're saying I want the feedback. I ask for it. And what do I get? You're doing fine. I like you, you go along, it's vague, it's not specific. So the question, how can I make it easy for someone to give me helpful feedback? Um, I'll say the first thing is don't make them work too hard um, and don't scare them. And so what do I mean by that? First of all, if I ask for feedback, I might scare them into, I, I've now asked you to sit in the judge and jury chair and they might say, oh, I don't wanna do that. Let me not ask for feedback. Instead, let me ask for advice. Um, and guidance, because if I put you, the chair I put you when I ask for advice is like trusted you know, learner, someone that's honorable, that has something to offer. When I ask you for feedback, it's like judge, jury, critic. Um, so that's the first tip, right? Don't ask for feedback, ask, ask for advice. In fact, we even did some, our own little kind of anecdotal research. And at the end of the survey, we say, hey, additional feedback you have for this individual or what feedback do you have for this person? versus what advice? And then look and see what we get. We get three times more when we ask for advice and guidance than when we ask for feedback. So that's the first thing. The next one is be specific about where you want the feedback and tap into people's desire to want to help you. So I wanna get better at X. Can you help me? I'd appreciate your advice. I've now made it really easy. I've given you a chair to sit in that's not threatening. I've, I've given you a focus to look at and then I've honored your experience set and you're more likely to have them offer you something and if I say, hey, do you have any feedback for me? That's a question that says that's too much work. I gotta think about myself. I'm not thinking about you, you know. Make it easy. So that's that's my best advice.
0: Greg, Greg with with that one, make it easy. Suppose, like for instance, last year when civil unrest, social unrest, yeah. a lot of my white colleagues and friends asked me, how could I help? How could I help? You can do your research. Yep. You, you can do the work. That was the feedback that I said sometimes, but not said all the time. You're talking about making it easier for them. Sometimes the, the learning or the work isn't easy.
2: Yeah. And any think- thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that. The reason why I say I recognize this when it comes to your career, right? No one cares about your career success more than you do. Um, so in a sense, you know, when I say, if, I, if all I do is just um, say, how can I help? You know, that's not all that helpful, right? That's why I wanna actually give them a target for how they can help. So you said,
1: good.
2: before you even ask me, educate yourself a little bit, you know? So before I go ask for feedback, I'm gonna educate myself about what I want. So when I ask for it, it can be targeted to me. But I, I, I appreciate the idea that says, it's not just offering help to someone, it's it's doing a little bit of work to figure out what help you need and then make that easy for them, make it narrow. So it's a little bit different than I think the, the situation you're describing. Yes. It does have that idea that, you know what, you do some work as the asker first, um, And you were thinking they should do some work as the asker first. (laughs) Um, And how can I help? Do a little work. You know, here's something I thought, would it be helpful if I did why? Am I thinking about this right? You would respond differently than to, what can I do? Well, all they said is like, I recognize a problem and I'm helpless. How can I? And and it's like, you're not helpless. Come on. Um,
0: Exactly. We are getting toward the end of the show. Darn. Yeah. Uh, The question in the chat room. How does one recover from feedback that was given poorly? Mm -hmm. Similar to my situation earlier. It says, you mentioned you can help people turn it into their benefit regarding feedback that was given poorly. So speaking more toward that.
2: Yeah, yeah, so one one trick, just a real quick one is is a great little exercise that I wish people would do more often when it comes to feedback. It it touches on some things I've already said. Something I'll call call flip the chair. Um, when you are in a feedback setting, it feels like the light's on you. You're grilled. You're in the chair. Get up out of the chair, turn it around, put the giver in the chair, right? And then say, what is the giver telling me about themselves? You know, so I, I say you're a micromanager. You know, that's the feedback I'm giving my manager. He could say, you're incompetent in a response to that. Or the manager could say, what are they saying? Well, that person's saying, I value, I love autonomy. So one way you can take any feedback, even if it's malicious, is to use it as a window into the values of someone around you. And it increases, you know, what, what safety folks talk about is your situational awareness. Um, and so that's even, even hurtful feedback, right? Can give you a window into the giver. And then I can take that knowledge about the giver and decide what my appropriate response is. Um, so that's the first thing is, and, and recognize you don't have to do anything when someone gives you feedback, right? It's yours, you get to choose what to do with it. Um, some of it you'll put on the shelf. Some of you say not relevant. Some of you will say, that was Hoople because now I know something about this person that's going to be useful to me going forward.
0: Excellent. Excellent. A lot of pearls, a lot of pearls. I hope we have a few more. We're at the portion of the show where we asked our guests to do a mini M-I-N-I keynote, me being a speaker and speaking all the time. We want you to take the next 30 seconds. What do you want the listeners, the viewers to learn, to understand, to know a call to action, perhaps that you did not share yet. Uh, Mic check, Mike's good, look into that camera. Glade Holman, your mini keynote starts now.
2: What is it that separates those that get what they want from their career from those that don't? Is it their capacity to think strategically? Is it their executive presence? My answer is no. It's what I began this with. It's their ability to accept feedback graciously, act on it visibly. That's what allows you to keep your career in your hands and you're in the driver's seat of your journey. That simple thing. Accept it graciously so it keeps coming, act on it visibly so folks know you're about growth. If you can do that, you're on a trajectory to achieve your aspiration Be a work in progress. Do not be a finished product. As a work in progress, you are becoming. Feedback will help you. As a finished product, feedback hurts. It bites you. Be a work in progress. Mic drop, mic drop, boom. There we go. Blake, what's next for you and your organization? We're just excited to continue. We're always looking at building new tools um, to help people do exactly what I said accept and act on feedback uh, in a way that benefits them in their careers. Um, So please check out our website. There's the traditional tools we have there. We're going to continue to introduce things. We we have something we call feedback jujitsu that we're really excited about. Um, If that piques your interest, um, check us out. And uh, we are excited to always, always, always have a conversation on feedback and its role. There's not a single one that I wouldn't engage with energy around that. And I know I would come away learning something from you and about you and you about me.
0: And how about the the
2: podcast? Simply, simply feedback. There's a great episode in there by Dr. James. I recommend you all <laughs> actually do. I love, and as a little teaser, go look and see what he has to say about praise, polish, and possibilities feedback. Because it's a great um, it's a great add to what we're talking about here on simply feedback. Um, uh, that that podcast that we host.
0: <laughs> I love those little teasers. Love those well, little teasers.
2: I love that. I heard that one. I said that's great. I'm I'm with you on those. I love that. Thank you.
0: And. I thank you for joining the Dr. James Show. Tons of pearls. We all struggle with feedback and you've given us myriad ways to give it, to receive it, to position it in ways that I'm sure I haven't thought of in the past, but now I feel better equipped to get back into the feedback waters. So, Glade Holmes, thank you so much for your time and for our listeners our viewers again keep coming back good stuff that you can use immediately immediately to take your life not to the next level beyond the next level personally and professionally as always we end the show with you've just been gympacked See you later.